Welcome to episode two. This is so exciting. We actually did it. We got around to making a second episode. I know. We're actually we're actually sticking with this. This is wild. This is wild. I reckon if we get one more in, it could be officially called a show. Oh my gosh, yes. Well, welcome. You are tuning in to Curiosity Killed the Rat Science Podcast, where we just like to chat about some cool, fun science things. Um, I'm Kate and I like brains. <laughs> 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 I don't know why I did it like that. that was oh, terrifying. you're a bit late for Halloween, um, but you know, I respect the grip. <laughs> I I study neuroscience. I, I do postgraduate research in, in the field of neuroscience, um, but I love all science and I love learning and teaching all areas of science. So, And I me. am Matt. I am less of a scientist. I My interests mostly lie in audio and music and sound, but I do still have a great love and interest in science. Um, you know, wasn't quite bright enough to go down that university path as oh, my dearest sister. Don't, don't, but uh, no, you know, <laughs> don't don't sell yourself short. Oh, you're, thanks, you're bright. You're, you do sound wizardry with this with these audio um, oh, files. But I, I could not you. even stop it. You, I don't even. Yeah, <laughs> takes no. all sorts. You know. <laughs> the point is, this podcast is a beautiful love child of our a symbiotic abilities. sibling relationship between learning and art oh wholesome love right? it and with that would you, would you like to know what you're going to learn about today i would love to know what i'm going to learn about today well i'm going to preface this with i definitely chose this topic just because i know you have a hilarious story to tell about it oh uh, no so okay go i'm gonna oh, let you pressure. run wild right. with this I, one I, i'm ready i'm um, ready yeah today's topic the appendix <laughs> who is she what does she do <laughs> Is she still relevant or is she cancelled? Uh, Can we take her out? Does it matter? Yeah, the appendix. Oh, man, surely. Cancel culture as it is. Let's just, you know, get straight to it. The appendix, it's not relevant anymore. Let's just get rid of all of them. <laughs> See, it's but honestly is a that waste actually true? Is that Ooh. true? Is the appendix truly not relevant anymore? Some some recent research has come to light that might actually, yeah, debunk that. Oh, um, Ooh. which is really Ooh. really new quite... things, new yeah, things. new things, new science about the appendix. So I'm basing I'm basing all this stuff off a review paper that I read that was published in 2018. So this is like in like in like the science world, that's pretty fresh, hot off the press. Yeah, I want to hear your story. Yes. I want to hear your story about about appendicitis, Matt. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> So here's the thing. All right. <laughs> Story time. It's beautiful. I don't have a great many things. I don't really have a good sense of discipline. I don't have great <laughs> consciousness of my health, but above all things, I don't have an appendix. Um, it wasn't always this way. I was once born with appendix, as most people are. Um, yeah, one, one in 10,000. Just one, like I want to, I want to really? just shoot that statistic in there. One in yeah, ten thousand okay. people is born without an appendix, um, but that's it. Oh, what? Yeah, crazy. Oh, that's crazy. Anyway, sorry. Continue. There you go. Continue. Continue. I am not one of those ten thousand. I am <laughs> one of the ninety-nine percent. Um, but one fateful day when I was, oh, I think I was sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, look. I I had a great deal of you know gut pain, a bit of stomach pain. As um, people. 
sometimes yeah as do. as people sometimes do now so when i was started getting this like sharp pain in my in my gut region i first thought you know hey maybe this is appendicitis because you know i yeah you know, i had a bit of a rational brain i i knew that that <laughs> could be a pretty common symptom of it however what led me to believe that it wasn't appendicitis was that I was feeling it in the wrong part of my gut because mm-hmm. doesn't the appendix sit on like the left side of your body or uh, is it the right no, side? Lower right quadrant is lower the, right quadrant. Yes. See, I, okay, I, I was feeling some pains more like in the left or in the center. Yeah, so I was like, okay, no, it can't be the appendix. That's not where the appendix is. Yeah, so I was trying to think like, oh heck, what what could be causing me this great deal of stomach pain? Um, and I thought back to you know what I'd eaten the night before. Um, so our parents had made this oh, absolutely beautiful, um, tomato chili relish. Oh, mum and dad, like shout like out right now vinegar. It's, oh. to mum and dad's tomato chili relish. Oof. I haven't. Yeah. It's takes me back. It's fantastic. So good. However, I was put off it for a great number of years. It was like I'd five say years or something. Five years, maybe more. Uh, well probably not that much more because it's only been what, like seven years since I got my appendix out anyway. Um, yeah. Okay. But still I, several I, the, years, it was in, it was in the magnitude years. of years. Uh, the reason that I haven't had this relish in such a long time was because I thought that the stomach pain was to do with a great deal of chili relish that I had had the night before. He thought chili so relish I gave like, him appendicitis. Well, I thought chili relish gave me the stomach pain. But so you then found out that it was appendicitis, right? Because that's you went true. to the hospital and you had your appendix removed. And they were like, hey, yeah, your appendix is hella swollen yeah. and actually low-key gangrenous. Because um, um, we got to take this boy out. That's how appendicitis pain actually develops. Like it starts in the middle and then it like moves. And yeah, it's like a whole thing. Yeah. But, but it, you got informed that it was appendicitis and then you continued but, for years to not yeah. touch tomato because chili relish. Because ever since then, like the, the smell of that relish and like the thought of the taste of that relish just made oh. me feel so sick and gave me this like psychosomatic stomach pain. That's and I hilarious. was like, no, I had too much chili relish. And even though like rationally I knew it, it couldn't actually cause the appendicitis. I still stayed very, very clear of it until probably like a couple of years ago when I was like, eh, no, it's too delicious to ignore. And yeah, no, fair. whenever it's around, whenever I'm home. So mom, dad, if you're listening to this, please make it for me next time I come down. <laughs> I, I'm actually kind of craving it now. That would be, that would be oh, pretty sauce. good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the appendix, a, a wonderful organ that made you hate chili relish for a long while. Fun question. How big do you think an appendix is? Okay. So like for those of you who don't know, the appendix, right, is the small section of tissue that extends off your large intestine like off the cecum there like hangs off and like we all kind of know what it looks like this little dangly thing but like how long because this blew my mind when I found out you know maybe like the length of a pen you know okay with the girth of a beer bottle neck or something okay so yeah that's that's probably that's probably actually very accurate whereas I thought they were tiny but apparently they can range from like oh, really? five to 35 centimeters long with the 30, average okay that's um, the average ooh. one is nine centimeters so I'd say like the length of a pen is actually a probably very good estimate but that blew my mind because I was like that's huge but they can go they can be up to 35 centimeters long that's that's obscene that's like picture a 30 centimeter ruler and then like tack some on yeah. that's that's like porn star length of appendix exactly that's, that's it's, crazy it's almost impressive i don't know i would want to keep that in a jar <laughs> if like i mean i don't have my appendix either i didn't get to keep it in a jar when they took it out but like 
I want to know if my appendix was 35 mm. centimeters long, would they let me keep it? Because please. Oh, that would be, that would be fantastic. Do you, do you know the old theory or do you know, like, what do you think the appendix I know does or what's your an old theory? Yeah. So one of the old theories I've heard is that it goes back to when we were, you know, uh, a bit more in like our primate stage of evolution. Yep. Um, where we were eating less good food, you know, before we'd started cooking food, where our diets were more similar to, you know, I don't know, like, you know, cattle and stuff like that today. And what the appendix <laughs> did is- was it was just an extra part in our digestive system that allowed us to process grass and that kind of stuff. But then when we started eating good, better food, like meat and other stuff, um, we just, it grew redundant, but evolution didn't have a way to get rid of it. So we're just kind of left with yeah. it and then it kind of gets fucked up and inflamed every now and then. That's, that's actually precisely, yeah, the old theory that I was hoping you would know. This is great. Now I don't have to yes. go into it. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, it is pretty much like, it is widely accepted that, you know, the appendix probably did have a super important role when we were hunter gatherers. Considering it seems like it's attached to the digestive system, you would think that it might play a role in digestion. Like that makes sense. Um, And there's actually even further support for this theory coming from the fact that some animals that are like purely herbivores, so like koalas, for example, um, they they actually have quite big appendices, appendixes. Appendixes. A koala has an appendix (laughs) (laughs) um, that it uses, which is full of a specialized bacteria that actually breaks down cellulose, which is the the stuff that makes up plant cell walls. So yeah, koalas definitely do use their appendix to break down cellulose in the, in the leaves that they eat. And, you know, so it was kind of thought, you know, well, if that's what koalas do, like clearly that's what humans used to use it for. So that was kind of the theory for a bit especially because you know we were taking people's appendixes out in surgeries when they were and and these people were seemingly fine so everyone was kind of just like yeah we'll accept that as a as a pretty good hypothesis for the moment but yeah then this 2018 review that i read shows that there's actually been a ton of studies that have been done recently that suggest that this is not actually at all what humans use their appendix for the plot Um, thickens yeah the plot thickens essentially there are a few reasons why it's unlikely that you know, the appendix is just a remnant of our dietary past, right? So first of all, we still have them. So like I said before, literally everyone, well, almost everyone, one in 10,000 humans are still born with an appendix um, and they're right. not normally mutated at all. And they're normally perfectly functional. Like this is in contrast to something like wisdom teeth, right? Wisdom teeth are actually showing signs of disappearing from the population. More and more people are being born without wisdom teeth. Really? Yeah. Which That's actually really fascinating. Yeah. Which, because we don't need them anymore, wisdom teeth stem from, I think it's like grinding down meat or something is what we used to use them for or grinding. Something that we don't need to do anymore thanks to like cooking. I think it was plants rather than meat. Yeah. I mean, this is harking back to information I probably read in like year two or something like that. But I I think I remember hearing that, you know, your front teeth are for cutting. So that's for things Mm. like meat, but then your back molars and stuff are for grinding plant matter. That's why you see cows and horses just chewing all the damn time because they just got to break down that cellulose because I don't know if they got appendixes to do that chemically. So they just chomp away. Whatever, it. whatever it was, it's it's something, you know, that we don't do anymore. And so evolutionarily, wisdom teeth are dying out. The appendix is not. Right. So that that that's like the first kind of, ooh, the plot thickens. Furthermore. Make the plot a bit more dummy thick, if you will. <laughs> with three C's. Oh, dang. We at three already. Mm, already. Oof, I dang. reckon. Dang, shouty. Aye, aye. <laughs> um, 
So in, in like evolution, the appendix has appeared on at least 30 different occasions and has only disappeared like 12 times. So what this essentially means is that the appendix has, it's, it's reappeared more than it's disappeared, which suggests that it has a real biological function for it because evolution is pretty good at weeding out the, the useless things. When you say reappears, is this like a case of um, completely different parallel running bits of yeah. evolution where yeah, it's yeah, yeah. so like species that aren't related to each other just popped up later down their track of hey now you have an yeah appendix. yeah exactly okay that's yeah damn wow okay. and so there was this really cool study in 2016 that looked at 533 different mammalian species essentially they tried to figure out what was in common with the species that had an appendix um, and they mm. use this really cool and complicated computer modeling system to analyze the data on these animals, you know, habitat and social behavior, and most importantly, whether or not they had an appendix. And what they found was that there was absolutely no correlation between the presence of an appendix in an animal um, or its size and shape and dietary habits. Huh. But what they did find is that there was a correlation between having an appendix and intestinal lymph tissue. So <laughs> I'm going to just take a second to explain Explains. what that means. Explain. Yeah. So, Please, so lymph yes. tissue um, is, is it's essentially part of your immune system. Is that system. just tissue that's not hard? No. Lymph, not lymph. Not lymph. lymph like okay. lymph, lymphoidal <laughs> tissue. Uh, it's it's, like it's lymph, part of your immune. Like lymph nodes. Exactly. Are part of your lymphatic system. Um, just like your lymph tissue is part of your lymphatic system. It's, it's just, the part of your immune quick. system that protects your body against like foreign invaders and stuff. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Because yeah. I, I, yeah. So, I forgot what the lymphs did. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's you know immune cells and and protecting against pathogens that come in from the outside world, essentially. Which means that I see. Um, like the appendix is also the body's really well antivirus placed. system. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and the like the appendix is really well placed for that as well because if you think about it, like our gut and our intestine and stuff is is kind of our outside as well. Like humans are just giant donuts. <laughs> Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> Mind blown, right? Oh, yeah, um, we're just like a, with a really twisty, shitty donut hole. Yeah, and like the body, like our immune system pretty much treats our, our gut and our digestive tract as the outside. It has like the mucous membranes to protect it. It's like stomach acid is real intense and, and um, you know, it, it's got very good defense systems in your digestive tract because you're getting all sorts of like foreign particles and stuff like coming in your mouth well phrased whatever and so your insides are your outsides um so so it actually it, it kind of tracks that like something that's attached to the digestive tract might not actually have a role in digestion but in the immune part i see yeah which is really cool and it really seems like this is the case for humans like they found it in like hundreds of these these mammals that they studied but you know when you crack open when you crack open a human appendix as as one does on a cheeky saturday afternoon Often. cracks open <laughs> oh nothing like cracking open a cold one with the boys exactly. mate. you know me and the fellas get down with a couple appendices and oh let me tell you it's some ripper bloody arvos oh god yeah well when you when you crack one open you find you find a couple of things you you find First of all, you find good gut bacteria. I don't know how much you know about gut bacteria and our gut microbiome. Absolutely nothing cool. at all. Well, we've got a whole lot Except of bacteria. That it's there. Yeah, a whole lot of bacteria that lives in our gut. Some of it's not so good, uh, but a lot of it is good and it helps our body do things good, right? Right. And and what can happen <laughs> when you get like 
diarrhea, for example. Sorry to be gross, but you know, this is just how it is. Right. That what that does is it it, it flushes through your entire sort of gastrointestinal tract like your whole digestive tract gets like flushed out with this like diarrhea and all of the good bacteria that lives in your body also gets flushed out so what a theory is is that since there's a whole bunch of this good bacteria and it it matches the same type of bacteria that normally lines the intestine possibly the appendix is a reservoir for this bacteria so that after a good old diarrhea flush out um, the appendix can help Mm. repopulate the intestine with the good gut good but good gut bacteria good gut bacteria what i'm imagining right is that so if we imagine our stomach Mm -hmm. as a toilet bowl right (laughs) Yeah, beautiful image. So, I love it already. You know, we'll we'll do it in reverse. So rather than you know, you know, we'll we'll say that putting shit in a toilet bowl is like putting food in our stomach. Yeah. And sometimes it's filled with all sorts of nasty bad stuff. Mm. And you know, we don't really want that polluting the toilet bowl. So <laughs> when we flush the toilet, when we you know take a shit, we get rid of all of that bad yep. bacteria. It goes down. The water that's in the reservoir has got one of those you know cool little blue coloring things in it that's filled with that. Yeah. Yep. Stuff that, you know, turns your toilet water blue that's at all those fancy houses that I recently went and go into the shops. You can actually get them for only like a dollar eighty. So yeah. I can pretend to be one of those you fancy can houses to be now. A fancy person. Hell yeah. But that's that one of those things is like the appendix. And when you flush the toilet, it puts all the good bacteria back into the toilet bowl and gets rid of all the bad stuff. That so is... when you put your next lot of poop or food or whatever you want to put in your belly, yep. goes in there. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all it, good it, and ready it, to it party. It clogs it up with it, it's all good and ready to go to fight off that bad bacteria exactly. like a like a multivitamin yeah, like, in your body. Precisely. A, that yeah. A multivitamin's a bit of a less gross analogy, but you know what? No, I'm I stick loved with the, the toilet, toilet analogy because we were talking about <laughs> diarrhea, so we were already down a pretty We're already in spiral, the potty humor. Right? Like we're already this is where we've descended to. So I'm going to move right on from the toilet talk um, because good gut bacteria. Flush that right away. I'm gonna, yeah, well. Hmm. <laughs> good gut bacteria is not the only thing that you find in inside your 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 cold appendix that you've cracked open. Um, cracked open with the boys. So it's not yeah, just toilet water. It's There's not more. Just, Bell Delaphine has more, more for us than that beautiful bath water. Yeah, it's got like fucking immune ninjas in there. So it's got, it's really, really densely <laughs> packed with a bunch of immune cells, including B cells t cells and wait for it this is yes this is their real name i love it natural killer cells <laughs> what mate <laughs> yeah there are real okay so i'm just gonna take a sidebar about natural killer cells please for a moment, do because like honestly natural killer cells only topped in my mind by sonic hedgehog which is the legit name of an actual protein that's involved in like development and stuff, which I think that's, that's my favorite named thing in biology is the sonic hedgehog protein. But yeah, I, I tried very hard to find out who was responsible for naming natural killer cells. Um, the only thing I found out is that they were discovered and named in 1973, but I have no idea who, who did the naming, but like, it's not very often you get to name something in biology. Like you discover a new thing and you get to name it. And normally they use ancient Greek and ancient whatever, like natural killer cells are a type of phagocyte. Which a type of what? I'm sorry. For, to devour. <laughs> yes. <laughs> phagocyte. Spelled P-H-A-G-O. Phag- I'm sorry. Oh, no. Okay. 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 P-H-A-G. Yeah. Anyway, it, it, it comes from the Greek of to devour because these cells, they literally like 
eat the the cells that they're killing. They like consume them. They like envelop them. It's really it's it's that's wild, metal as but it's, fuck. it's named after like yeah. Honestly, immune cells are hell cool, and I want to do like a whole episode on the immune system because there's some like hectic shit that Dang. goes on, and I just want to go I... into it. But I'm just going to talk about natural killer cells okay. for today. So the way these cells work, essentially, when when a cell in the body is healthy, it produces this little protein on its surface, and this protein's called MHC1. But essentially, this protein like kind of protrudes from the from the surface of the cell and acts like a little flag, or like you know the little vehicle registration tag of this cell to say that like all's good in the hood and they can just you know keep doing uh-huh. their thing because like when a cell is infected like with a virus or a cell is cancerous they actually stop producing this protein so your natural killer cells what they do they're like the badass version of a traffic cop yeah. right that just kind of goes around doing routine checks on your cells um but when it finds one that's driving an unregistered vehicle it like full-on whips out its ninja stars and straight up assassinates that cell. Oh, that traffic cop should uh, be fired. That's, that's, yeah, that's not ideal. Uh, but in, in the body, I do like that. This is why I say like badass that, version yeah, of traffic yeah. cop. That's, that's, yeah. That, that's, um, yeah, that's good for the body. You don't want the bad yeah. things in there. No, I mean, so they don't actually have ninja stars. They actually work by like binding to the sick cell and secreting an enzyme that dissolves its membrane, which is kind of less exciting, but still like straight up kills yeah, the I cell. Yeah, I prefer ninja like, star. Like human that's... cell killing human oh, cell. Oh, dang. That's... Um, it's like... It's they're, they're natural killer cells, that's, yo. They're like badass as all hell. That's really metal. I really like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, oh, and just wait until I dive into the rest of our immune system. It's oh, so man, cool. I can't wait for that episode. I went down a bit of a rabbit hole today, but we don't, yeah, we don't have time in this episode. I could go on for hours. That's all right. But yeah, so like your appendix So your has, appendix has those boys. Yeah, it has those and a bunch of other immune cells. Yeah, so scientists actually think that the appendix may still play a role in immune function and disease prevention. Right. And there are actually a few studies that have found evidence for this. There's, there's a few different ones, but I'm just like going to quickly talk about one that I picked from 2015. Mm-hmm. It found that patients who contracted a particular bacterial infection, which I'm definitely going to pronounce incorrectly, it's called Clostridium difficile. That's definitely wrong. Anyway, these patients got sick with this bacterial infection and the patients that didn't have an appendix were twice as likely to develop a severe infection hmm. compared to those that did still have an appendix. Okay. Studies like this don't prove that the appendix prevents infection, but more research needs to be done maybe, or like maybe we should be thinking more about the necessity of removing an appendix when someone gets but sick. But it's like, evidence know. that points contrary to what we've all thought for a very large number of years. Yeah. Because we all thought it was exactly. just this 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 um, useless squishy organ sitting dormant inside us, just ready to burst. Yeah, but it could actually be useful. And because we've always thought it's to do with like you know digestive stuff, it hasn't actually really been looked into correlations with immune function in people that have had their appendix taken out. Like tonsils, for example, yeah. right, are another thing that we kind of routinely remove, and it is well accepted that tonsils are involved in immune function. Like that's kind of their primary role. But there have been like heaps of studies that have looked into to whether getting your tonsils taken out is going to make your immune system worse. And all of these studies have essentially found that any change in immune function after removing the tonsils is clinically insignificant. So it's, it's highly likely that the appendix is the same and that removing it is not going to significantly impact your immune function. So but we're not absolutely screwed because we have our appendixes taken out. It's it's nothing to like yeah, yeah, cause exactly. a panic about like, or anything like that. You could lose no, your... Exactly. You're a person who has neither an appendix nor their tonsils. Um, 
do you find? Yes, and I get sick all the oh, time. That's, oh, so oh, I don't no, know. No, I'm scared again. I don't know whether. See, the, I, yeah. I don't have an appendix, I but I still have my tonsils, and I only get sick sometimes. No, I have neither, <laughs> and I get sick. And you a don't lot. have your wisdom um, teeth either, so do you? It kind of checks out. No, I don't. See, I've still got my wisdom teeth. All the useless teeth. organs, remove um, them. Yeah, take them. <laughs> you don't want them anymore. Yeah, no, I was I was born with a faulty body. <laughs> like I've had heart surgery, oh, back I've, surgery as oh, well, right? Oh, I didn't have back surgery, but I did fracture. Yeah, my spine. good, good, nice. So that was a cool. thing. Wait, story time for yeah. another episode <laughs> uh, look my life is a my life is a story we'll, we'll save you know a story about your broken body for um each you know each time you cover a different part of that body <laughs> look i just i wanted to sort of like finish the chat about appendicitis with with saying you know even though we're talking about oh it might still do something important mm. like appendicitis is deadly. Like that is just a fact. Like if it bursts, like that can and has killed people and will kill people. So like, don't be like, oh no, I don't want my appendix out because it might do something to do with my immune function and like refuse an appendectomy if that's what your doctor is like begging you to do. Like, I don't want to be responsible for someone's burst appendix. I I guess the trade-off is you might get the flu a little bit more or you'll just fucking die. So I mean, yeah, Gen Z, they might be like down for that but you know I'd, I'd say on the most part avoid yeah. death where possible that'd be the advice i'd like to avoid death have. where possible That's, you know just think of your natural killer cells mm. how hard they've been exactly. working just for you to not die you don't want to let those guys exactly. down if they've worked hard for their position and you would just shun them of that for what you owe it to them uh, <laughs> <laughs> now i'm afraid we are starting to run out a bit of time so i'm gonna have to drag us along to the part of the episode where we answer a question from one of our listeners now remember you guys can email us in any science questions you want answered by our resident scientist at curiosityrat <laughs> at gmail.com that is curiosityrat mm. at gmail.com. For those who don't know, curiosity is spelled C-U-R-I-O-S-I-T-Y and rat is spelled R-A-T. That is curiosityrat this is a at gmail.com. Subtle dig of dad for misspelling curiosity. Hey, look, I mean, look, to be fair, to... I misspelled it as well, but I just Google correct it. So, heck, you know what? That might not actually be how curiosity is spelled. That's just what Google told me. I'm completely dependent on, on the internet. I have no functionality as an independent person. Try sending off some emails. One of them will reach us, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, anyway, today's question is is from Soph, uh, and she she wanted to know why do paper cuts hurt so much? Oh. Why do paper cuts sting like a motherfucker that is true. when they're just such like a bitchy little cut? Yeah. Right? Like it's... why is it so disproportionately painful for what it is as an injury? So first of all, Paper cuts tend to be on your hands um, or even worse, your fingertips, right? Because that's where you hold paper. Usually. Like you don't tend to try like hold paper with your feet. Challenge accepted. I don't know. Like, no. So that they end up on your hands. And did you know, fun fact, your brain thinks about your hands like 10 times more than it does about your legs or your torso. I did not know that. Um, Though it is logical. Yeah. Essentially, you know, we're feeling our way through the world quite literally um, (laughs) with with our hands and with our fingertips. And so, like, when you get, like, a paper cut, your attention gets, like, super diverted there because you're always going to pay more attention to an injury that's, like, on a body part that you use all the time. Yeah. So you're you're focusing on your hands a lot already. And since, like, your hands and fingers and stuff are so important to feeling, feeling the world and stuff, they're actually covered with a much higher density of pain receptor than, like, 
you know, your stomach or something. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you got a paper cut on your stomach, not only would you be not paying as much attention to it, cause you're essentially focusing on the pain of your hands, which makes you more aware of it. Um, there's also less pain receptors there. So if you cut your finger, you, you're, you're damaging just like a whole bunch of pain receptors yeah. in that like top layer of your skin. Um, Whereas if you did the same to your leg, there's a lot less pain receptors there to actually pick up. Yeah, on that. yeah, exactly. So it wouldn't hurt as much. Um, and then the other thing about paper cuts is that they don't cut cleanly. Like if you think about the edge of a sheet of paper, yeah. right, it's not like a clean, smooth blade. Like that thing is serrated as oh. hell. Like, it, it, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to have lots of little imperfections and stuff like at, at like a microscopic mm. level, but, but enough for your fingers to notice. So it's not just like a knife where you just kind of cleanly cut through your skin. It's, it's like going at your poor little fingertips with a chainsaw. Tiny ass little chainsaw. (laughs) It's the trees fighting back. Yeah. Ripping, like ripping it. Oh my God. It's the trees remembering Um, where they came from. They got turned into paper and now they're (laughs) taking their revenge on us. My goodness. Revenge it's, is it's, sweet. It's basically like um, the the M Night Shyamalan film, The Happening. Spoilers oh, no. for The Happening. Anyone yeah. who hasn't seen that masterpiece, you know the the plot of the film basically is you know everyone just starts killing themselves spontaneously and no one knows why. And by the end oh, of the geez. movie, they end up figuring out it's because That's yeah, horrendous. it's 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 a pretty horrible movie and also it's like poorly written and bad acting anyway. Um, they end up realizing <laughs> that the reason that people are killing themselves um, mm. is because the plants are fighting back because humans have released so much like pollution what? and stuff into the world the plants are releasing this chemical that turns off the self-preservation part in the human's brain just making them just yeet themselves off buildings oh, and stuff so it's like a more realistic That's... version of the happening rather than releasing some chemical that gets rid of self-preservation they're just turning themselves into tiny chainsaws and cutting off our fingers um funnily <laughs> Enough though. One of the things, one of the additional things that can make paper cuts sting a bit more is that paper can leave little like fragments and or chemicals behind in oh, the skin, no. which can irritate. Oh, no. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't make you lose all sense of self-preservation and off yourself, um, but it does irritate the skin and like the layer and stuff and and can make it sting. That's just what they want you really to think, man. Okay, feel. they're keeping the secrets from you. The trees, they're fighting Keep back. Keep your tinfoil oh, no. hat locked in your closet, <laughs> Matt. Uh. Keep your tinfoil hat locked firmly away. Oh, but it's um, so shiny and nice. One final okay. reason why okay. paper cuts hurt so much. So since, since they're really shallow cuts, they don't normally go deep enough to hit a blood vessel, mm-hmm. right? Which is why they don't normally bleed at all if... If very much. Um, the thing about blood is that it's got a lot of stuff that normally gets brought to a wound to help it repair, right? right? Like it's got stuff that helps heal the wound and also helps form a scab to provide protection mm-hmm. and stuff. Like your paper cut isn't getting any of that because it's not getting any blood. So it's not actively oh. healing itself as quickly and it's not forming a protective scab. So everything you do in your day-to-day life, like if you play guitar or if you just like anything with your fingers, really, you're just going to keep opening that wound and you're going to keep getting it dirty and it's just not going to heal because it doesn't get blood because it's a shallow ass little Mm. cut. So your body can't really do much. So that is why paper cuts hurt so much. Um, So thank you so for that question. That was actually really interesting. And I hope you enjoyed learning about that and about appendixes, appendices. I still haven't decided what the plural of appendix is. It's probably something we Um, should look up. Oh, look. Eh. Eh.
Tell you um, what, if you follow us on social media, we've got some social media set up now. Um, we're on Twitter. What's our Twitter handle, Kate? At Curiosity Rat. Um, same as our Instagram handle. And you can find us on Facebook. As well. By finding Curiosity Killed the Rat as a page on Facebook. And tell you so. what, we will uh, we will look up what the correct plural for appendix is and we'll post that on our social media so you know. We will. Chuck us a like, chuck us a follow. We'll keep you all in the loop. Yeah. And uh, don't forget, yeah. you too can have your uh, questions answered as well uh, by emailing us on curiosityrat at gmail.com. Just had to throw that in there one more time. All right. <laughs> and with that, peace out, homies. Uh, hope you learned something. I definitely learned something. Hope you guys wow, learned something chicka, too. Chicka, wow, wow, Science music. forever. Wow, chicka, chicka, outro music. Wow, chicka, chicka, outro music. I'm going to fade in the music to you I'm playing I'm sure there's that. something in there you can and use. This is going to be the end. I'm going to leave <laughs> this in. This is the end. All right. Bye, guys. Don't. Love you all. Bye. Curiosity. Kill the rat.